Welcome back, you degenerates, you. Live from the Who Do You Like Here studios. We're back again, baby. Who Do You Like Here? I'm Joey Stats. I've got C-Note. I've got the kid. Check us out on all the socials, Facebook, Insta, Twitter. Take a look at our live picks. If you missed it again, we cashed some tickets over the weekend at Who Do You Like Here on Twitter. Check us out. It is the calm before the storm. Derby Trail is on. It's in its last leg. We're two weeks away from the most exciting two minutes in sports. The Kentucky Derby. I can't wait. <laughs> We're two weeks away. You <laughs> degenerate assholes. I can't wait. This is fantastic. How are we doing, boys? Doing good. Another week. Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, I'm having a fantastic day. I got to tell you, you know, we're, we're taking a little, little time for Joe here. Moved to my new house. Yeah. That's and uh, I have a whole bunch of Doge coins, and right. that stuff went bananas today. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. It's about the only thing you've cashed in on the You're last You're damn time. right. <laughs> I can flight money on terrible <laughs> horse bets all year long now. Love it. I sold my Doge coin. <laughs> Because I was just, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really, not really happy about it. It's not the good idea there. <laughs> yeah, you flush your money uh, down the drain. Yeah, one I looked at it user. and uh, <laughs> seriously went into a depression after I saw the spike basically double. So. Well, again, you know, we've had that conversation when Fucking I bu- when I bought Penn at four and sold it at like yeah. eight. That is, that when, eight. is that when it got to four cents? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't. No, no, Penn was at like six dollars or something yeah, like that. Yeah. It's only at a hundred. Hundred subs, but I mean, you put a leash on it and it goes back down. You know how it goes. Uh, so I'm flying high. I feel good. I was feeling really good. I got here, get to the studio, come around the corner, and uh, uh, my life force got sucked out because there's a bottle of fucking Malort sitting yes. here staring me in the yes, face. Yes, yes. Just, my stomach's just getting totally upset. <sighs> I feel pretty good. It smells like pain. You know, <laughs> it's, it's hot garbage. <laughs> it is hot garbage. And you know what? I would have rather have had a thousand dollar bet straight up and handed you a thousand dollars in. I'd probably do it in change, <laughs> in pennies, <laughs> <laughs> than to drink this piss water that we're. I mean, don't get me wrong. The fine, the fine folks at Carl Jepson Company do make fine products. Yeah, yeah. But Top this, this is going to be painful. I'm not excited for that. Um, but you know what? I'm excited to be with you guys again today. Today on the docket, we've got recap of the action at Lexington, recap of the action at the Arkansas Derby. C-Note's going to be taking us through the Action Academy, to talking through some horizontal wagers and passing the eye test. Yeah, I'm actually going to change that up this week. What? Yeah, I'm just going to do eye test only. We get, mm. We've talked so much about wagers, I think we'll just talk about eye test. Okay. Make it simple. The kids give me the eye. He, wants, he doesn't know how to play horizontal wagers. That's why he wants me to That's why I cash about. more. <laughs> <laughs> give me the fuck. Matter of fact, I'm playing a pick three right now. Yeah, I know. He's got one live going on right now. <laughs> so in Charlestown. Town <laughs> racing, baby. I got one of those pick threes and pick sixes going. And a pick and a pick three. Yeah, with, I also uh, lost dogs. out on did you see did I send you that what? over the weekend? Oh. Um I basically lost out on twenty grand. Oh, was it the pick five? I had the um cross country pick four, the golden hour bets on Sunday. Mm. And Flavian, my boy, I singled in the third leg and I spread in the first leg because I thought the first leg Flavian may not have the horse. Oh, he won it pretty easily. Second very leg. Easy. Very easy. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Very easy. Then the second leg I had was like a nine to two, nothing crazy. Then in the third leg, I f- singled Flavian in that race 
and that was the race he lost. Mm. And I also played a try in that race, and the horse mm. that I had in second was the eight, I believe it was. And yeah, it was eight. fourteen to one. So I, I definitely would have spread. I would have put him in my pick three or pick four, but I didn't. He lost. Then the pick five, I had two horses. I had a twenty to one <laughs> and like a nine to two, and the twenty to one actually, actually won. wins. That payout for that payout was ten thousand dollars. I had it for two dollars. Yeah. Uh. So you gotta wait, we'd had two shares in it. But yeah. the thing is, is like yep. of all the jockeys he talks about, I know he talks about a lot of jockeys that he's high on. Flaving is like just almost automatic for him. And yeah, for him not to key it in the for you not to key it in the first leg. Yep. And I thought that was the most obvious one. Like no, I looked at it, I didn't play it, but I was like I looked at the race and I saw all these different horses in there that I was like, Oh, this horse could win, this horse can probably win, this one's got the you know, like everything. I'm like, I just don't know. But that third leg, I looked at it. Flavian was a favorite, like literally like a three to five favorite. The next horse close yeah. to him was like, you know, three to one. So I'm like, you know, four. And that's to one. where you keyed him. So I'm like, this has got to be the lock. And I've seen him win on that horse. So I was like, I've seen him ride it before. Right. And then fucking Emily Ellingwood goes over there, pushes the pace, <laughs> r- fucking destroys the whole fucking race. Broke down at the flat yeah. stretch. Smash all your dreams. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the funny thing. <laughs> Funny thing is, I didn't even look. I wasn't even gonna look. I was like, oh, I lost. But you know, I was. Just, Let me just look. Yeah, I'm, I wonder what came in in the fourth, or, you know, fourth leg, and twenty mm. to one shot. Yeah, once you lose that, just don't even look at Fuck! the anymore. Yeah, because then you got what ahead. No. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, that's why uh, for many weekend. many years I wasn't allowed to watch races. <laughs> I had to go out into the sandbox and watch it together. Um, Still holds true. My, my <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> we haven't mush, changed that yet. A little mush. I get it. Um, so we're going to recap the Arkansas and Lexington. Um, we're going to go to the Action Academy. The kid's going to have some jockey talk again this week. We're going to be—he's going to be taking a look at some trainer and jockey stats at Keeneland, and then we're going to Keeneland and Oaklawn. We're going to take a look at some handicapping, some actions for this Saturday in the eye of the hurricane as we patiently await <laughs> the, the Kentucky Derby. <sighs> have you guys picked out your uh, fancy attire? I already did. I actually. Uh, bought the shirt off of uh, J.K. Uh, on the on the show from New York. Does the New York broadcast? I don't know why. Kinchin. Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Kinchin. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did a shirt that has uh, all the saddlecloth numbers on it. It's through uh, old was it old Smoky. Actually, I probably got the uh, probably got it right here on my phone. Yeah, I think it's old Smoky clothing line. Hmm. And he did a shirt for him. It's pretty pimp. Is it good? Uh, yeah. As soon as he posted it on Twitter, I saw it. I'm like, that's a cool derby shirt. So picked one up. Hmm. Interesting. I thought you would be picking out like a nice big hat and pretty little dress. And- I thought about it. Well, I, I didn't want to bring out last year's attire. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's old hat. I already wore it once. We might. Uh, Nikki and I might be in costume. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We picked out like getting nice- dolled up. Like to well, the I mean, it's kind of cosplay, kind of. Oh. Appropriate. <laughs> so she's gonna have the Darth Vader type no, shirt. No, well, no, no. Buns in the hair, little Princess Leia. I don't know what what like not. Jamie's got the pigtails, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know what non-fictional cosplay is called, but uh, yeah, it may be X-rated. We may or may not have a collar and leash, and uh, okay. you know, we're gonna we're gonna roll it all together. No, I gotta find something. That's your usual. <laughs> that's your usual weekend. It's a Tuesday <laughs> over here. <laughs> Tuesday outfit. No, I'm excited about it. So we're going to go to Keeneland. We're going to go Oakland, Oaklawn. You know what? Water's feeling good. Let's dive in. Who Let's do it. Who cashed a ticket in that Arkansas dirt? First off, I, I just want to back up one second. Before we get started on last week, I uh, wanted to say something on the last podcast. I didn't. And one of the biggest issues 
to any handicapper is if you're going to handicap on Wednesday for Saturday or Thursday, you're going to do any early handicapping. Pay attention to the fucking weather yeah. and and note the weather and the changes mm-hmm. because that track and I'll t- the funny thing is the track bias is back to what it was two weeks ago. I'm sure for the first four days, mm-hmm. track bias was got to break good, got to be in a stalking trip. Speed doesn't hang on. You got to really go blazing fast and be able to to wire the field. So stalking trip two three path, even the four path for for off the pace at the top of the stretch. Mm-hmm. That was it. Then going into night last week. It fucking torrential downpoured, and it was sloppy as shit. And then it was just speed, and nobody came off yeah, the fucking no. pace. No, nobody could stalk. Nobody could rate. Change the whole dynamic of the racing. Yeah, and you got to you got to change your bet. So rule of thumb, man, watch the fucking conditions. You have to. So let's let's open that up then, right? So it gets sloppy, it gets nasty. <clears throat> Who do you look at then? Well, you, I'd like to look at see if anybody actually has run on yeah. slop, you know, run on, on an off track. So that's a key indicator if it's an off track that I'm going to look and see if they've even never run it. Now, the funny thing was that in the big race, the uh, the Lexington, you know, half of them had never seen an off track. I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, maybe one or two horses had even seen an off track. So, I mean, to, to be honest with you, like, no, nobody nobody liked the fucking weather no. there. Like, if, if you had a horse that never had seen mud and they didn't break you're done you were done you know, 100 yards out the gate yeah and when you really dive into like getting the track conditions too there's different spots on the track where it's more muddy than others you know it's sloped one way so um it just changes everything and if you can't get out there if you can't break well you're almost dead in the water right away yeah you know so i mean i, I look at if they run like you know on that surface and if they run in the mud or the slot before but um even looking at breeding too Seeing what maybe their the sire or the dam maybe did if they ever uh yeah, you might get some too. angle there, you know, but yeah. the horse still has to run in it and you gotta see if he had actually so will like it. His mother was a mother? <laughs> his his yeah, mother was right. a mother. That's that's exactly Dude, oh, that's that shirt, shirt is money. Yeah, Look right. at that thing. That's sick. It's pretty crazy. Uh they actually I think were giving away some of the shirts. It's over now, but they were like what number is on there the most? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the winner was, but anyways, Chathy Kitchen, that's great cool. design. Love the shirt. Can't wait to wear it on Derby Day. It's expensive. Hey. Uh, for for a shirt higher than what I would pay normally for yeah. a shirt, but I really liked it. So, it's like uh, like eighty bucks delivered. Hmm. Not bad. No, I was debating uh, between my, you know, Cena likes to buy me uh, really loud shirts, <laughs> <laughs> loud <laughs> golf shirts, <laughs> and I I rock them. I rock the hell out of these loud shirts, and I've got a, a real nice checkerboard one that covers all colors of the rainbow. Right. Or I was thinking maybe that that gaudy green sequence number that you got me last year. <laughs> yeah. Like the pillow. <laughs> yeah. Like the pillow where you can switch colors on the sequence. Exactly right. Up and down. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, Danny Terranova style. <laughs> Fucking Club 54. I don't know what you guys, but as soon as I turn it on, Benny and the Jets. <laughs> got the hair coming out, chest hairs coming out. Oh, yeah. Feel great. Yeah. Feel great. It does change your whole persona when you put that fucking shirt on. We rocked. The we we dominated the bags. <laughs> the bags did league that night. Yeah, you wore the cornhole. That was awesome. <laughs> Pretty awesome. All right. So what do you guys think? So we talked weather. Yeah. Um, let's start with the Arkansas. This one, uh, Super Chalk, did not win. No. And you know what? I'm not even mad at this race. Honestly, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm extremely happy for Ricardo Santana. And Steve Asmussen, that connection, I said it before, it's a dangerous connection. And even if I would have won, I had, you know, Superstock in second place. So I had Ricardo in second if he would have, but it still would have only paid like, you know, 17 bucks or something stupid because, you know, 
concert tour was just that much of a favorite and Cato river as well as like, you know, Cato river wasn't really going to do us any justice either. So, but I, if I was going to lose, that's the way I want to lose. I want to see him do well. I think he's been riding hard and he knows Oakland really well. So I think, you know, I, I hats off to him. It was a great ride. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for, uh, Ricardo and, and Steve Asmus. And the, the, the funny part I said, pre show here is that we, we almost had that second side bet, yep. the, the one-two combination. Who's oh, going to do better, the one or the two? Because we were looking at concert tour to, yeah. to just basically dominate the entire race, and that, that didn't come to fruition. But I will say, out of that, two things. Great ride by Ricardo. Coming off the rail, once he got cleared out in that, the middle of the track, mm-hmm. where the, you know, the track yep. seemed to be where you could gain ground, he just ran right by them all. But I love the fact that Cattle River came back on mm-hmm. on concert tour. Now, I don't know. Baffert's not too – he seems a little concerned. He seems concerned over the fact that he figured top one or two. Yeah. Figured figured to win, but he definitely figured top two. Third was a disappointment. And I don't know. The horse came out sound. He just uh you know, he said when if it if it didn't the horse didn't come in first or second that there was something that he'd have to to look at. And I don't know if they're actually gonna keep this horse in the derby. <sighs> Concert tour is such a great horse, I don't know how you don't even just give it a shot, you know. But I mean, yeah. the the race just broke down that way. You know, concert tour went to the front. Caddo River came behind him. You know, fought back. You know, going boom, 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 and then Ricardo just saw his spot and ran right past him. I mean, it, just yeah, it was a, it was a great ride. Yeah, he rated just, him perfect and and got around him, and the horse yeah. had another gear altogether. So, so really happy for the owners. Really yeah. happy for the trainer and the jockey connections. Me too. Just pretty awesome day for for Superstock. And if you look at that race, if you're starting to like pre look into Kentucky Derby, this horse, you know, that was that was a mile in mile and eighth, right? Mile and eighth. Yep. Mile and eighth. I mean, I think ran in one fifty. He ran. He ran uh, through through the finish line, galloped out. So right. he's he's got the ability to go the distance. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting come come derby uh, derby time to see if get her number almost got, get her number almost got up yeah third. I mean, really really close. That would have paid way better than what it did. Um, because concert tour came in third, but yeah. overall it was, it was a good race. It was fun. It was fun to watch. I mean, it was, it was cool. I mean, we all saw the same thing. I mean, at one point concert tour was one to nine, mm-hmm. <clears throat> one to nine, about 15 minutes before the race. Like I have, I haven't seen personally a one to nine in a stakes race of this magnitude. You'll get them. And, and it's almost, if you handicap the race, you you didn't, nothing told you that it wasn't going to win. I don't see how you could feel that there was a shot that he wouldn't win the race. No, but this kind of actually, it's kind of funny that it broke down this way too, because we saw it how many times this year already. A lot. Graded stakes races where we think the favorite is going to win the race and it just doesn't happen every time. And it's a bigger number on top every time. Yeah. You know, it's got to be, this is, I'm telling you, this is going to be the year just like, you know, a couple of years ago when we cashed. For nine grand, it's going to be the same exact shit. It's wide open. We're going to have somebody come yeah. from the woodwork. I'm telling you, it's not going to be this, you know, one to nine favor that's going to, you know, it, it's not going to be that way. Well, they're putting essential quality basically at five to two. So they're putting him five to two as the favorite right now. Put him at three to five. I don't care. I don't know if he's going to win it now the way it's breaking down, you know. It's, again, it's the same build. It feels like the same build up every year. There's that one horse that's yeah. undefeated coming in, and then either they just prove themselves at the yeah. top or they just don't hit the board and right. yeah. it's balloons or, or, or yeah we've seen that where the favorite comes in Kentucky Derby and just gassed mm-hmm. right yeah. they, they ran they ran so many times in the in the derby trail and then all of a sudden they get there and they can't they can't finish around that the final turn it's right like, oh, okay yeah just flatten out yeah we'll see it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be very interesting now I think if it's not apparent 
to uh, to Justin at this point, the kid. Um, we're <laughs> clear, we're clearly be. delaying talking about the inevitable. Yeah, we're, this, we're this just, podcast you know, is going to go four and a half hours, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll, re- we'll recap. Um, if, if you guys didn't listen last week, we had some uh, some big time side action on the Lexington. We were all divided on who we liked, where we were going to go, and we bet shots of Malort. And see, note how did that work out for us? Uh, I do believe uh, when I woke up yesterday at 8 o'clock in the morning, Hockey Dad actually finished the race. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> you had me sold on him, man. I snuck him into some bets. Let me tell you something. If there's if there's no heavy rain out there and that track's fast, totally different race. This is the first time Hockey Dad ran in any kind of a off track at all, and he did not like the slop at all. Nope. He had some mud hit his face, and he just refused to run. I mean, he couldn't even get rated at that point. It wasn't even Mario Gutierrez didn't even have an opportunity to even get him in the game. He was so far off from the break, and he just it it just never transpired. So yeah, I said the only way that horse loses is if he's scratched. <laughs> I can kind of wish he did get scratched because yeah. <laughs> now I'm doing this fucking shot of alert. I guess yeah. I guess for our side bets in the future, we need to we need to clarify what happens with a with a scratch. Is it a push? I think it should just be like if you have the the double or the pick three, you just take the. The odds on favorite if he's not. No. The I, second choice. If the favorite's already <laughs> taken, you got to take like the next Listen, favorite, the second favorite of the If I was thinking third. clearly at the time, which obviously I wasn't, I would have reached out to both of you. Kid, we watched the race together. Stats, I would have reached out to you and been like, yeah, I'm changing my pick because this mm-hmm. fucking nope. thing is just, it's super. Once you say it on the podcast, it's written in stone, man. You can't, yeah, you fuck can't that, go back. dude. <laughs> conditions can't. change. There's I wish, things that change. I, I really wish you didn't have to take it, but, you know, very uh, right. me, so. I'm just We're delaying gonna this. Yeah. We're going to do it. If I gag on this, it's going to probably sound pretty bad for the podcast. I can't but, wait. Yeah, I bet you can't. Don't say, don't say gag. <laughs> Man, this is going to be amazing. I not, think uh, I'm not before you guys take it. You're going to record it? Yeah, I'm going to record it. Everybody take a look at these sorry saps taking a shot of Malort, that hot garbage, <sighs> watermelon rind, sweat drink of the century. Oh, man. It's going to be amazing. I totally forgot we were going to we videotape this. <laughs> so we're in the middle of moving, right? I'm moving and unboxing and all this stuff. I'm just a big hot mess. <laughs> Here's looking at you, kid. Ooh, here we go. Let me see. <sighs> Thank you to the fine, again, fine folks here at uh, Carl Jepson Company out of Chicago, Illinois. You, you know what's really great is that uh, that bottle's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Jepson Malort. I mean, if you guys keep at this pace, you know, you guys keep losing races. I mean, <sighs> we'll just keep doing it. True. Well, there we go. All right, kid. Drink up. D- down the hatch. This one. There's two. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the big deal is. Like, oh my god, what are we talking about here? It's just a little. It's like it, I agree. It's an acquired taste, but I would take this over like well tequila. Actually, <sighs> I think it's that rat's asshole aftertaste. Yeah, or the nut taste that you guys oh. get after that. You know, like that just like nasty, sweaty ball flavor. You guys are probably sucking on right now. There really is <laughs> not in the way to describe. It. If you never had it, don't. That's about all I can say. Of that. Yeah, I mean the the aftertaste is a little unpleasant. It's a little burning. It doesn't go away. <clears throat> it's not great. But it's it's not anything like that. Uh, what was that nonsense you made Stro. me drink in your birthday? Stro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was pain. Stro. Yeah, I well, that's just straight paint. I couldn't right. find Malort really anywhere. I found it at Total Wine, but whatever. But um, it, it just took forever to find it. So I was going to find Stro instead. So if we couldn't oh, find it, you know these, what? These are going to just keep it's having a, to get pounded right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, it has a, my tongue swelling up. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> You're already looking like Hitch over there. <laughs> you know, it's, it has it has has the aroma. 
and full-bodied flavor of an unusual botanical. Mm. It's, it's very unusual. bitter taste is savored <laughs> by two-fisted drinkers. That is the label. Thank you, Jepson's Malort. Wow. You want to have some fun with somebody? Make WAP with that and don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> and let it age about six months. Oh, oh God. All right. Well, that was a good side bet. Nice pick, kid. Thanks. Nice job. We all yeah, were trying to, job. you know. Yep. We were trying to bet against the favorite. Kid just takes a throw. I didn't know. In my defense, I didn't know he was the favorite because mm-hmm. I didn't show the, the odds at the time. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was well done. It was well done. I didn't, I didn't know. But, <laughs> you know, it just worked out that way. All right. We're through the pain. We're behind pace. Let's get it over to Sino. Let's talk Action Academy. What's up, buddy? I don't think I can talk, but I'm going to try to push through it here. Man, it is just some bad shit, dude. Want another? Do you want- no. Good. Would you like one of these you could pour garden that- fresh jalapenos? <laughs> you could pour that in like a gallon of Red Bull or something. I'd still taste that. You know what? It's got a little It's got a little pickle flavor in there. I think, mm. if, you, I think if you toss that into a Bloody Mary. Yeah, it's got a little Big Mac to it. Uh, disgusting. If you, I think you could Bloody Mary it. I think you could do it. I think if you lick the bottom of your garbage disposal, that pretty identifies the taste. <laughs> if you lick the bottom yeah. of a garbage can. Or, or just, yeah, just a garbage can. <laughs> or just a garbage can. Oh, that's so gross. Or a dumpster. <laughs> that's nasty. Dead guy. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Anything fermenting or aging or rotting, just take a lick in that. That's pretty much it. Pretty much on point. All right. So we've uh, covered a, a lot of information on the Action Academy. We've talked about odds. We've talked about. Uh, wagers you can make. We really haven't talked about handicapping and something I, I think that we'll eventually get into reading a form, specific things to look at on forms and, and talk about all the aspects that go with that. However, I think it's good for us to talk about something that everybody can do. And hopefully we get back to the tracks, which will be make it a little more effective, but everybody can can look at the horses. And there's a an art form that goes with looking at a racehorse and being able to identify what are key things you should be looking at? Now, I have never been good at this because I don't spend the time to actually examine and look. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through the scenario of what you should be doing when you're looking. If you get a chance to go to the tracks, hopefully you do. They're opening up tracks this year. Cuomo's opening up Saratoga, Belmont Aqueduct to 20%. We should get back to normal. We can start going back to the tracks. So if you get to go to the paddock, and if you can't, even if you watch it on TV, you can still identify the things I'm going to talk about here. So we call it the eye test. And the eye test basically covers uh, five different areas within the horse that you want to identify. And I'll use the, uh, I guess it's, what is that, an acronym? An- anagram? I don't know what the hell you call it. It's an acronym. acronym, right? It's pronounced thermometer. Thermometer, right. <laughs> thermometer. Uh, it's the word chase, C-H-A-S-E. And the first letter being C stands for the coat. And when you look at a horse, what you want to look for in a horse is a nice shiny coat. And it just shows health within the horse. So you want it to be shiny. Now, you don't want it to be sweaty and wet. A lot of these horses, which are, let's say, California, Florida, and these warm weather, horses sweat generally. A horse that sweats too much is exerting a lot of energy and nervousness, and they can expel a lot of that before a race takes it out of them. Okay, so that's that's not a good sign. So you don't want wet, shiny. You want shiny coat as if dry. So like a human hair if your hair is shiny and well-balanced and you're taking care of it, it'll look lustrous and shiny. If you're not doing anything like Stats hair right now, it'll look greasy and crappy. Uh, so, same thing. So Yeah, same thing. So so the coat, you're looking for a natural shine that shows good health for the horse. So that's the first thing you want to notice coming off the horse. Second thing you want to look at, uh, H stands for the head. So you want to look at the, the head of the horse. And 
key things to look at from the head is, is it alert? Is the head up in an upright position? Does it look inquisitive? Are the eyes open and looking around? You want to say something? Uh, are those ears? How those ears? Yeah, are? the ears got to be perked. <laughs> You'd like ears, to see baby? The, you want those ears perked and alert. You want them to be almost taking his environment in and almost like comfortable in that environment. Not not wide-eyed. You don't want to see wide-eyed and scared. That's going to help him you know, exert some energy you don't want to see. Uh, nostrils flared open and just a good positive head up. Now the key indicator in a lot of races, not saying this is always the time a horse that has his head down when he's walking around the paddock and they're walking him around, the leaders walking around when the horse's head is down, it's just like any other animal. It indicates like injured or not feeling well. Like when you don't feel good, your head's down. You're not walking with a purpose and upright. You're hunched over. You're going to the couch. You're going to get your medicine. You're going back to bed. So a horse that's hunched over with his head down, it's really not a good sign. Submissive too. Yeah, it's just not a good posture. You're looking for a straight up good posture. All right, so that's for the head, ears. Okay, then the A is for the ass. You want to go to the hind quarter yeah, of the horse. The anus. The oh, horse. of the horse. Okay. The horse, yeah. So you want to look at the ass of the horse. And now the hind quarter is, is you're looking for muscular structure there. Now, you should be able to see the, the the muscle flex as it's walking just around. Just a nice flex. You should see the tendons and the muscles flare as it's making those forward steps. And I say that because the horse's ass is one of the most fattiest part on its body. So it's almost easy to mistake muscle, uh, fat for muscle. You can almost look at it and say, oh, look, look at the huge ass on that one. You know what I mean? Remember uh, Shelly Hack? <laughs> oh, oh Shelly Hack. Hack. No, if, if it's got a huge ass, doesn't mean it's a great thing. It's you got to look for the muscle tone, and you'll be able to notice as it's walking this shift of muscle movement right at its hind quarters, right above the tail, right a little bit behind where the uh, the saddle cloth is. I mean, you're looking for that. What it sounds like is I've been preparing for this part of the eye test since I was like 12. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody looks at the horse forever. Let me ask you a question. All right, so we're partially way through when you go to a paddock and you're looking at horses. What's the thing you look at on a horse? Clearly it's meaty ass. The color. Yeah. I, I, I'm just looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at the horse's silks, that he, the blinkers. Like, no, you, you got to take the whole entire equine in yeah. and, and assess it. Now it's, it's easy to say it, but to do it when you're looking, even I still get caught up just looking at, you know, the head. Yeah, you're looking, you're looking at the eyes of the horse. The fuck the eyes, man. You got to look the whole. You got to look at all of them. Yeah, I'm never looking at its ass. I mean, like if we're at if we're at Arlington as an example, never. I'm not looking at horses' asses. Typically, there's there's other asses that I'm looking at. Okay, when, <laughs> right. When I'm talking but, about ass, though, it's like where where the hind legs. But you're spot on. Where the yeah. Yeah. nobody look nobody. I looks, like right. I like looking at the muscle structure, but more so on the front. I'm not looking at the the like the rear. I'm looking at like I the never front shoulders. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what to do. Do me a favor. Uh, if you're watching races this weekend, pull up a picture of American Pharaoh and put pull him up in his mid stride on a track, God, even if he's just it. walking around. Love just look at the muscle structure on that horse. It's just strictly unbelievable. And then when you watch some of these horses, you'll go, there's no muscle on that hind leg. It's just fat. And we're gonna get back to like the fat. Mm. But I mean, it's hard to determine on the ass end. But you're looking for you're looking for those muscles and those tendons that you see when they're running. When they're just walking, you want to see the flare. You want to see the pop. You're looking you for like a DK it. Metcalf ripped, shredded horse. That's exactly what you're looking for, but not too much. I don't want a thin, you know, frail horse. I don't want a, a horse that's undernourished that has a lot of muscle because that doesn't do a lot for the horse as well. But we'll, we'll, we'll get more into that. But listen, look at the tail. Is the tail sashing around? Is it is it into his surrounding? Is it submissive? 
you know, I mean, back as a kid, it was always like, hey, if your horse takes a shit, it's a good sign. I don't know. I'd run better if I took a dump before I ran Less a weight. quarter of a mile. But I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I feel five pounds lighter. <laughs> All right. So the next thing now is that we're going to do the S, which is for shoulders. Now, the shoulders on a horse are right in front of its chest. It's where the, le- the front legs meet the body. And you're going to see this muscle as they walk that flares right behind the top where, uh, like I said, where the legs and the body connect. And then you're looking for the triceps, which basically run from the elbow of the leg up to the body. And that's that tricep. You're looking for the same muscle tone and flare and condition, especially in the chest muscles. And, and the thing you got to understand is that as the front legs are moving, the back legs only react to how fast the front legs move. So it's kind of a synchronized way that it it, it gallops or runs or, or takes off. So you're looking for that same kind of muscle uh, exertion that you can see, especially in the chest muscles and in the shoulders, is the horse planting his hoof. Is he making good, solid contact as he's walking around, or is he just kind of dragging his hoofs across? So a horse head down, dragging his hoofs, man, that's that's not a good sign, right? A horse that's knowing where he's walking, stepping with a purpose, it's kind of the way I got to kind of like translate it is like when you're when you're walking up to go get your diploma, you're walking with a purpose, your head's up, you're you're feeling good in the moment. You're looking for the horse to feel good in the moment, and uh, that's what you want to look for, the shoulder muscles. And then the last thing, the E, which is really, really important, which we kind of tend to forget. And E stands for exhale. And what I'm talking about there is where you see the saddle cloth, okay, or the saddle for the jockey, there's a strap that goes to the belly of the horse. That belly comes right over where their their belly is, but it's where their lungs and their heart are at. And you're looking for good Obviously, larger is better. This is the lifeblood. The engine of a horse is its lungs and its heart. Can it? Does it have big lungs? Can it? Can it take in the breathing? Is the heart a good size? Going to pump the blood? When a horse is running, that's it. So the bigger the girth, you don't want a fat horse that has a fat ass. You want that for something else <laughs> up in the club, but you don't want that on your horse in the track. So you want muscle. And the bigger, the better in this case. So if you have a nice girthy uh, undercarriage that's going uh, from the shoulder muscles back, that's what you're really looking for. He can take in the air. He's going to be able to run. Now, there should be this, this, uh, and this is a scientific kind of angle to look at it, but it should be like a 40 to 45 degree angle from the bottom of the belly to the hind quarter where the crotch and the, the joints of the, of the rear hind quarters are. Mm. You should see that nice, strong curve. You don't want to see ribs. Right, if you see ribs undernourished, not not eating or not packing on the weight, you see that in two year olds a lot. Three year olds start to fill out a little more. Listen, you got to access all this in a you know five minute span in the paddock, or maybe you don't go to the paddock, or maybe you're watching on TV. You may have thirty seconds. You've got to observe all this in like a thirty second span when TVG or any of these other channels that show horse racing, NBC, anybody, you got to try to take that in. And I'll tell you this: when I, you know. You think about all the things that require you to start handicapping, reading a form and knowing how a horse runs, looking at programs, reading works, looking at its recent races, looking at distance, looking at class. These are all good things on paper, but these are human, human live. These are live, sorry, not human beings. They're live animals with human beings on their back and they have a mind of their own and they condition themselves. So keep in mind, Horse can look look good on paper. If he doesn't look good in form at the track in that assessment, to me, what I like to do is I like to handicap. I say I like the one, two, three, four. 
And then I look and I go, one looks great, two looks great, three does not look good, and the four looks okay. Well, now I, it's kind of cut my decision between the four horses I couldn't decide. I'm going with the one and the two on top. And I've applied this recently. It's easy to forget, but if you can apply that, if you can look at it and you can start being really good at doing the quick check and just doing all the things you need to do, you can actually see who's in more condition for that race. And it's the best when you see them warming up. And that's the other aspect. Back in the day when I was first growing up, my old man took me to the track. He used to give me his binoculars. He let me watch a couple races once in a while. And I would like to watch the warm-ups as they're running off before the race behind the gate. The one thing you'll see is what the jockey's trying to do for the horse. Horses that are really uptight, they want to bolt. The ones that are really sweaty, they got all that energy. You want to watch how they're working out. And you can see the muscle tone. And you can start to assess this a little bit. And I just think it's an important asset from anybody who doesn't know how to read a form at this point. If you're a beginner and you're just coming in, look at the horse and see, does that look like a horse that's ready to go? Or does he look like he can't wait to get done and get back to the fucking barn? Yeah, and Richly, uh, Richie Migliori does a good job at Aqueduct because he's out there. Obviously, he knows how to ride. Yeah. But. Kate and Bradar, too. Yeah. She gives her paddock pick based strictly on looks. And I'll say she's probably 70% from the field right. on picking the best-looking horse that actually finishes well. N- odds have nothing to do with that. No, i got to tell you, that the first time I heard her, I'm like, what? All I could think about was Billy Bean and uh, the movie Moneyball. Yeah, we're talking about like good body nonsense. Like we're selling jeans. Like we're looking for Fabio. Right. But you know what? There was a couple of comments she made at uh, uh, two weeks ago. I forgot which horse it was. Uh, she's like, yeah, look look at look at the length of the legs versus what the favorite looks like. This favorite's not going to hit the board because it's got stumpy little legs. It's a longer race. And I'm like, oh. Bold statement. Yeah. That actually makes sense, though. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Con. You know, the funny thing is that sprinters, if you look at sprinters and route racers, sprinters will have more of a like straightforward front leg where um, route runners will have more, obviously, more muscle for the longer distance, and they'll actually be a little more forward. So you'll see uh, how that structure looks. Things to start paying attention to. I mean, if you're a novice, start looking at it because you can do really, really well if you can you know, start identifying these kind of key uh, you know, aspects of the horse. Nice. The chase method. Chase. I love it. C-H-A-C. I love it. We've all been there. I love yeah. it. Action Academy. Third session. Action Academy. Nice yeah. job. Yep. Nice job, Zeno. All right, thanks. Nice job. Let's get it over to the kid. Kid's got some stats. Uh, do we got jockey talk? Yeah. Um, so I hope everybody's been following along with Keeneland Racing. I mean, it's been pretty fun as of late. Uh, you know, last week we kind of went through the top 10 jockeys in the sport right now. Based off of earnings, top three wins, everything. But now I want to dial it in a little bit, and I want to talk about just Keeneland in specific. So the one thing I want to talk about is there's a lot that you can take into consideration when betting, but the one thing I like to look at most times is the combination, the jockey and the trainer. The jockey and the trainer, they have some sort of, I, I want to say there's a dynamic that plays. You know, It's almost like your star basketball player and your coach, like they know what they're doing. So right now, if you take a look at the jockey standings at Keeneland, we're seeing the usual suspects, Luis Saez, Joel Rosario, Tyler Gaffleone, Javier Castellano, Irad, Ortiz, just in case you guys didn't know, um, Corey Lannery, John Velasquez, Brian Hernandez, Florent Giroux, and James Graham. Those are your top top guys at Keeneland right now, based off of earnings. Um Luis Saez is having an unbelievable meet. He is—he just continues to kill, 
kill Keeneland. Yeah, he he's riding an unbelievable clip. I mean, he's hitting the board sixty eight percent of the time. And I'm not talking about mm. just a clear cut favorite every time. He's no. getting a lot of great mounts. Yeah. Let's not take that away from from the trainers that are giving him opportunities. But man, no matter who he's got, no matter who he's on, he's giving them just a, an option of a ride, and, and he's getting them there. It's just he's he's having a great. I mean, just fantastic Keeneland season. Unbelievable, it's, unbelievable. It's even on Saturday's card. I mean, the Saturday, I mean, it's hard for me right now just looking at it. I don't even care who he's got underneath him. I, it's hard for me to even turn down the Luis Saez start, you know, just because that's how well he's riding. If he's on a horse, you have to take a deeper look. You have to. Yeah, you just have to. There was at least two horses today that I had to look at and say, I can't I can't take him out of the exotics. Yeah. Yeah, just can't so, toss him out. And he was there. Yep, every time. So, I mean, he's been riding tough, and Joel has also been riding really, really well as well. You know, he's got that off-the-pace stalker, but... Like I said, the usual suspects at the top, you're not going to see much change there. These guys are going to ride hard every single time. But the trainer aspect is what I'm kind of interested in right now. So the trainers at Keeneland Racetrack, it's it's almost like you're going to see the usual suspects here as well. But you'll see these guys at every single track, too. They race all over, and they right. do well everywhere. It's the peanut butter to the jelly. Exactly. Right exactly. PB&J. <laughs> uh, one trainer which you'll see a lot of, and you probably already have is Brad Cox having an unbelievable meet as well. You know, he's, he's putting out some quality horses every race. Yep. Continuing his 2020 fall campaign right into 2021. Yeah. Last year he was killing it. And then he just, yeah, read that riding that train. Uh, Wesley Ward, you'll see him there a lot. He's having a great meet as well. He's got 11 wins, eight seconds, five third places. I mean, he's finishing in the top three. 35% 35% of the time. And doing well with Maidens as well. Yep. He's breaking a lot of Maidens here at Keelan this uh, this meet, so really doing well. And the thing about Wesley Ward, too, is you'll see kind of the usual suspects on his horses, too. You'll see Joel. You'll see Saya sometimes. You'll see Johnny V on him. You know, he's got the top jocks there. Chad Brown also doing very well. He's sitting fourth in the stats right now just based off of earnings, but he's hitting the board 18% of the time. Chad's, you know. Chad's very interesting when he when we're talking like Midwest tracks. Yep. But when it comes to New York and Saratoga, oh, it's, a, it's a whole different ballgame. He just takes off. Yep. Because it, it's a lot of turf race at Saratoga. So he you just can't sleep on him either. Yeah. And and Todd Pletcher, who I'm talking about next year. I mean <laughs> Stats. <laughs> this is Joey Stats's guy. I mean, and he's hitting the board. He's his win percentage is fifty seven percent and he's hitting top three almost thirty eight percent of the time, forty eight percent of the time. You know, is right in that realm every single track i feel like so i you know i'm called stats i love the data i love pledge you know when we, we started this in week one but the thing i like about pledge actually has nothing to do with uh the data the data speaks <laughs> for itself yeah what i love <clears throat> is his borderline arrogance i love it <laughs> i love his public persona i love his twitter feed if we could put stats on that i would but yeah yeah uh, like he's a character for sure pledge if you're listening Joe, stats. What's your what's your Twitter handle? Give give me your Twitter handle. Oh God, I don't even know. Is it stats? <laughs> I think it's stats. Joey underscore Joey. It it's a, it's the inverse of what I wanted it to be. So yeah, I, Twitter's a, a interesting. Yeah, I'm at service. stats underscore Joey. Yeah, stats underscore Joey. So, Pletch, if you're listening, just go ahead and give this guy. A like <laughs> yeah, if any if any of Pletch's handlers or, or fans or friends, yeah, that would be amazing. Jack's friend, neighbors, oh market, God. the guy that gets his produce for him, anybody <laughs> the that guy, knows the guy's him. a god. Everyone, you know, <clears throat> no, no disrespect to Baffert. Everyone, yep. you know, everyone loves nah. Bob. Everyone loves Bob. He's had some, but Pletch, man, to me, he's he's the goat right now. He's, he's just having he's having a great uh, spring right now too. So could see a Kentucky Derby winner too from him. 
pledge That's a plan. Is anybody going to bet <laughs> the, ple- well. the pledge is actor? We might have. I might. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <gonna get> <laughs> uh, Michael Maker, you'll see him a lot as well. He's got a lot of horses out there. He's hitting the board pretty much, you know, you'll see him on the daily. I mean, he's got great quality horses out there. He gets the Tyler Gaffleones on him. He gets the Joel Rosarios on him. So he gets quality horses and quality riders. Uh, he's winning 15% of the time right now that he puts out a horse. Um, George Ar- uh, Arnold, he's doing well. He's sitting sixth on the leaderboard. Kenny McPeak, he's sitting seventh. Um, Mark E. Cassie, he is sitting eighth. Uh, that's pretty surprising too because he's not putting out a ton of horses, I feel like. Yeah, he's got he's got probably less starts than a lot of the trainers out there, but mm-hmm. it's Mark Cassie. Yeah. Been doing this a long time. I mean, you're, you're going through a lot of, you know, Hall of Famers yeah. in the industry right now. I mean, this is this is the status quo when we're right. starting, to talk, starting to talk about trainers. Right, exactly. Um, Brendan Walsh, he's sitting there. I mean, he's sitting at the nine spot. And then you've got Dallas Stewart, who's sitting at the 10 spot. So those are your top guys. Uh, the Daly man. Yeah, <laughs> once you get to that lower you know, lower echelon, that's just because they're not putting out a ton of horses. They're not right. getting a lot of earnings. But The Dalai Lama. <laughs> oh, I, I was going to go, come Mr. Dalai man, Dalai me, but nah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, D- so, Dallas has some good horses. <laughs> so, I mean, right now we're sitting, uh, you know, if, you, if you've got any of those top jockeys, the top 10 jocks, and you've got a Brad Cox or a Wesley Ward or a Todd Pletcher or a Chad Brown or Michael Maker, Kenny McPhee, you throw them in there. You know, you have to throw them in there. It's almost automatic. Yeah. So. There's, there's certain trainers you're just not going to leave out yep. in your exotics and you have to take into consideration. Yep. So don't throw them out of your exactas, tries, win plays and shows, you know, keep them in there. And don't do what I did when you fall in love with a with a trainer jock combo where you bet it real hard one week <laughs> and you don't you don't hit the, you don't cash the tickets so then you're like yeah, I'm not gonna bet it the following week and you cost yourself a bunch of money yeah, yeah. don't yeah, don't do don't that do or are you or it costs you four hundred dollars in bets to go ahead and win eight forty <laughs> worth it <laughs> worth it at least your cash <laughs> at, least, at least your cash <laughs> I took a fucking bath last week let me tell you right now me not adjusting my picks and just going off what I had that that really screwed me over but. Uh, yeah, it was a little difficult. Well, fr- from our conversations, just from this podcast, the only thing that saved my day was the Arkansas. So we we talked last week about um, Pletcher coming through with, with horses that were mm-hmm. running well, in shape, looked good, that flew way under the radar and were getting prices, yep. and none of us bet them. So I'm sitting there five minutes before the Arkansas goes off, and I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, dude, this is, this is exactly what we just talked about. Right. I'm going to bet them. I hit the exacta, the try. And the super, yeah, mm. that's the way. Save the day. Yep. Yeah, you can't sleep. Don't no. sleep on Pletch. No, you can't. Good Especially stuff, when it comes to Saratoga and Belmont, I can't wait. Yeah, that's, Ooh, the, yeah, Belmont's gonna be fun. Yeah, those let's, guys. Let's get through the Triple Crown yeah, before we start true. talking Saratoga. But, actually, yeah, but. Todd Pletcher, Chad Brown, Christoph Clement, those guys fucking go at it for the leaderboard and the jocks as well. You yeah, top jocks, top yeah. trainers. Oh yeah, of course. It's a great meet. Everybody I fucking loves Saratoga. Yeah. Nice job, kid. Thank you. Another session jockey talk. Well done. Well done. Now it's time. It's time. We're going to go to Keeneland. We are going to open with the seventh race. All right. Keeneland, seventh race on Saturday. Five and a half furlong turf. It's an allowance, 83,000. Non-winners of two for fillies and mares, four-year-old and up, which have never won 10,000 twice, other than maiden claiming or starter, which have never won three races. Yeah, uh, this race, it's tough. I mean, these races that we're going to, we're going to be taking a look at today. It was hard for me to narrow down who I really liked in these races, but um, for this seventh race, because it's on turf, I landed on the man that's on a terror, and that's Luis Saez riding the two, Brooke Marie. 
I think Brooke Marie's got a good shot in this one. You've got Luis Saez, like I said, and he's riding on a horse that was previously trained by Christophe Clement. Anybody that knows Christophe Clement, he is a turf exclusive, you know, trainer. I mean, he does dirt, but he loves riding and having his jockeys and train areas horses run turf. I mean, it's it's his, his it's his thing, and he was in form. It looks like that last race wasn't great, but if he gets back into form, I think he's got a really good shot. Who did you like? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that too. If you look at uh, the new trainer now, since he got him from Christoph, was uh, Jonathan Thomas. The percentages for Jonathan Jonathan Thomas, if you're looking at any of the stats here for it, it's second off the layoff, 29 percent. Uh, second second start with a turn, twenty five percent, and uh, turf starts, twenty four percent. So, with the two back on the turf, I kind of really like the two myself. Pretty strong on them. However, I did see a lot of value in a couple other horses. I think for me, I was a little bit of a toss up as well. These, these are all going to be tough races. Let's just you know back up a second. It's yeah. Keeneland. Uh, you got great jocks. You got great trainers. You got great horses there. Uh, my option. My eyes go to the five, but he hasn't run the turf yet. And and that's an indicator for me that uh, has bit me in the past by not going for horses that have run on dirt and then go to turf. I, I, I don't think that's going to be the, the change for this one here. I, I think that the five is specifically the way he's ran his last two races. Uh, broke his maiden 45K, uh, won by 11 lengths. It was really, really, really impressive. And then comes back in another five and a half furlongs in optional claiming 17,000 fives, now winners of one uh, other than maiden. Comes back, wins by three quarters. The distance seems to be right about where this five needs it. I'm not really going to worry about the turf change because the bias for the turf at Keeneland is get out, get to the front, and getting that two three path coming home should be able to finish. So I'm on the five for my top pick in this race. Yeah, I mean, we're all in the same stuff here. I mean, I was in the same way, the two and the five. You know, there's some interesting stuff with the four, if the four can get out in the front. Um, but you know, it's all chalk, just for fun. The 10, 10 can be sneaky. It's going uh, Song the, River, right? Song River. Yep. Yep. Song River. By the Song way, let's back up because I think we've done a few things here before in the past that we've mentioned. The two's Brooke Marie. That's what, yep. the, that's what the kid strongly likes. My five here is ready for change, yep. which is going to the turf. And then Stats is talking about the 10 here, which is Song River. Yeah. I mean, if, I, if I'm going to take a long shot on this one, I'm looking at the 10. But I'm, I'm in agreement. I like the two. I'm all over the two. I also like um, just kind of like an honor, honorable mention here. Um, I'm really kind of talking myself in on the six, which is Notorious RBG. Uh, This is a Christophe Clement horse, and it's a Joel Rosario combination. That's why you like it. That's why I like it. And you've only seen the combination once at Keeneland, so you don't really know what that combination... If you're just following horse racing now, you don't know what that combination does. But at Saratoga, Belmont, that combination is so deadly, especially on a route, Mm -hmm. you know, two turns, insanely tough to beat that. So, I mean, I kind of like that. I like Joel... I think anybody can really win this race, but you know, I, I don't know. It's Maybe. a jockey upgrade. I give, I give you that. I, I agree. Joe, Joel Otto makes a lot of the difference. It, moving up a little bit in class, but has run in 65,000 non winners of one before. I think that's pretty solid. Yeah. If I had to pick an outflyer, if I'm, if I'm reaching here, I would probably add the six in the exotics. And I would also probably throw in the eight, uh, Violenza, mm-hmm. who I also like the move ran at 62, five, uh, 
optional claiming last time out, 91 buyer rate, came off the pace stalking trip, which you need to do on the turf just like you need to do on the dirt at Keeneland. And that had uh, uh, Jose Ortiz at Gulfstream Park, and now you got uh, Chris Landros back on him again. He's ridden him before, so I, I would keep an eye on that eight. Nice. Do you guys like the nine at all, if I need a chance, or no? No, and the only thing I don't like about the nine is he's not close enough up front, and that would be strong odor. I, I don't, he's not up near where he needs to be. He has come off the pace uh, subsequently. Mm-hmm. which is Tyler's for- riding style, too. I agree. Four lengths, three lengths off the pace. I know fourth, fifth, and ninth is not uh, the ideal positions, and he's going to be coming from the nine hole again. So he broke from the nine hole, broke first, three back, and then was still five lengths back. The only thing I don't like is that he needs to make up that ground and get over. This horse doesn't break that well. Agreed. So because he doesn't break that well, he's probably going to be stuck a little bit hanging on the outside on on the backstretch. Remember, it is only five and a half furlongs. Right. He's not going to be able to gobble up that ground. Agreed. Exotic supers, you're doing a high five. Yeah. Love them, but I don't, five. I don't like the the top two or even three positions possibly. I with, think that carry over two on the super high five is ridiculous. I think it's at like nine grand. Yeah. <laughs> so probably. I'm going to yeah. box all the horses. <laughs> I'm not going to hate it. Super high five all of them. them all. all of them. When in doubt, box it out. So on the nine, I, I looked at the same thing. I thought it's a closer. And he's shortening yeah. the track, and I just don't think there's enough track for him to play the yeah, game that he likes to play. I'm, I'm strictly going track uh, the track bias and right. throwing, throwing him out. I agree for that. All right, let's go to the eighth eighth race, mile on sixteenth. Uh, it is uh, optional claiming eighty thousand nine winners of three. These are for four year olds and upwards, which have never won ten thousand three times, other than maiden claiming starter restricted or state bred, or have never won four races or at a claiming price of eighty thousand. And if you're looking at these, if you're you know fresh to handicapping and you don't know specifically what that means, these these optional claimings are their allowance races and claimings combined. They're two different styles, and you either meet the conditions on one, or you put yourself you put your horse up for claiming for someone to be able to buy them out. The only one that's up for claiming would be the one final Jeopardy for eighty thousand because he does have five wins over the course of his lifetime. Saying that and handicapping the race, I'm going back to exactly everything that I kind of looked at before and, and sticking with track bias. I think the seven fits the best, covers the distance, has class, it's coming off the pace. The seven is top seed, and that's my favorite to win the race. Uh, he likes to go to the front. He likes to lead briefly in races, uh, five races. It's five-year-old, which, you know, these some of these horses start to prosper at a little later time. They're not all going to be great horses at three years old, uh, like some of the horses you're going to see in the Kentucky Derby in a couple of weeks. But the five, it's a five-year-old. It's out of Spitestown, which comes out of a uh, an arch mare, a sure peg. Louis sizes on him, which is a great upside. The last race he ran was the Kentucky Cup Classic, 150,000 stake race. Definitely went out there. It was on the uh, alternate track, so it's not straight dirt track. Went out, uh, tried to get the lead, fought for the lead on the second call, and then kind of faded back 28 lengths. So I kind of, I'm going to scratch that race actually out. You know, that was his third race off for the year. If you go back to this two prior with Trevor McCarthy on him up at Aqueduct, the horse was doing exactly what I want to see him do at Keeneland, which is making this this move. Not as close as I would like him. He, he is probably going to be more six lengths off the pace, uh, not the, you know, two three, uh, two, three lengths off. But we are talking a mile on the 16th. This horse is conditioned with a 99 buyer rate and an 89 buyer rate. That's my favorite pick here. I'm going to go with the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the seven top seed with, uh, oh, sorry, I was just reading off the five for you. Yeah. That was my second choice. That's yeah. That's why I was talking about him. Sorry about that. <laughs> so that was the five. That was empty tomb. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I do like top seed the seven because it's got the speed. I'm a big fan of top seed. Uh, everything you just mentioned is spot on. You know, out of Spites Town, Michael Maker trains at Windstar Farms. Right. That's cool. Louis Size is on fire. Um, Trevor McCarthy, if you watch Aqueduct Racing, he he rides hard and he knows how to ride really well, especially when he's got the horse with the speed. So if he gets up to the front, he can do some damage. He just hasn't hit that that win column with him. But I think Luis Saez, if he gets aggressive, which he likes to do, he can he can win the race. So I was a big fan of the two. But uh, the horse that I really took a long look at, and I just it was hard for me to make a make a case for first, but definitely right there for second. And that had to be the two, which is Royal Mesa mm-hmm. Mesa. I don't know how you pronounce it. Mesa, but yep. yeah, with Rafael Bejarano on it. Uh, you know, he's he's not a, a cheap horse by any means. So he's eighty thousand open company, and he's, his speed ratings are right where I think they need to be to win this race. He's sitting at 90, 92, 90, 96, um, hitting that second spot, like I said. But I think he might be somebody to take a look at if you're uh, if you're looking for a price. Yeah, you know, this may be a side bet action i'm actually on the six in this race and we're gonna go against all the jockey talk here it's the first time this this uh trainer and jockey have come together and what i see with this horse is when it first broke out it ran a mile it ran a mile mile and 16th crushed at mile 16th then they stretched it out crushed it a mile and a quarter then they went super long Three sixteenths, half, mile and an eighth. So they kept lengthening this horse out, and it just didn't have enough horse. And now it's dialing all the way back to a mile and 16 um, off of a little bit of a, a layoff. So um, I like this horse. I, I'm i on the six. That it, is uh, Mighty Heat. Yeah, if it, or, or Mighty if, Heart. If, if, if Mighty Heart can get back to the form of September last year, I think you got a case there. First time out for 2021, though. Just needs to get back in that old form. There's nothing really in the works besides the March 18th workout, which honestly was one out of four in a five furlongs at a minute. I probably want to see a race from Mighty Heart before I would uh, take a dive on it. And He's dropping maybe throw class. some money on him. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're talking He's class, though, class. too, you, you, what are you going to do with the three with South Bend? This horse only runs, you know, the Belmont Derby, Kentucky Derby last year and yeah, the Traverse finished. last year. And is not and did not run well. Right. But if you go back to the Ohio Derby before prior to, I mean, yeah, he ran really, really, really well, uh, second by three quarters of a length. So he has run with some class horses. He needs a trip out. That March seventh workout isn't going to make me throw any money on him either. Um, and just so I can say, I I did talk about the five. I think the seven is actually probably the best horse in the race. That's the Malort talking right there. It's finally kicking in. <laughs> The fucking watermelon rinds are starting to take an effect. You guys are melting in front of me. I'm starting to trip, but uh, Carl, the seven with John Velasquez, much the much the best. Uh, I know he's going to be moving up in class here uh, with optional claiming uh, Open Company sixty two five. Now winners of two just keeps continuing to win. He's got three wins out of five mounts. I think the seven is the best in the five second. Although I think that Sky Mesa or sorry Sky Mesa empty two Royal Mesa that you liked kid uh, out of Sky Mesa. The stats for beaten favorite last time out comes back 31% for Philip Sims. It's a pretty good number, and the horse is probably in prime position with Bayerano. I like the five the most, though. The five the most, huh? Five the most. All right. Yeah. Uh, we got a seven five two six combination here, so, I mean. seven five two six. I'm betting the super box. <laughs> that, should, that should really be it. No, box it out. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to the ninth here. Okay, let's see if I can get this one correctly. All right. The ninth race is a mile and a half on the turf. This is the grade two Elkhorn. It's for four-year-olds and upwards. Uh, I took a long look at this one, too. You know, there's uh, so many options in these races because 
every horse that I like, it seems like they're all kind of right in the same form, but I landed on the one, which is cross border. Tyler Gaffley owns the board again. Uh, is on the last two trips here, third, both finishes, and he his speed rating, which I'm actually really surprised. It's a 102, a 94, 98. He's he's got he's got a good horse. I just don't know why this horse hasn't won. So I think just maybe the trip wasn't what the horse needed. But Tyler's a good enough jockey to give him what he needs, and um, he's teaming up with Michael Maker, which is always a nice uh, little stat to throw out there because Michael Maker's firing in a high clip, and so is Tyler. And then a nice little stat as well is uh, the sire is English Channel. So this horse is coming out of English Channel. Mm -hmm. And I always like that angle on turf when these longer races. Um, It just seems like they're really bred for that kind of style of race. So I I landed on the one cross border. I like that. Here's uh, here's something for the the listeners out there. Michael Maker has two horses in this race. (laughs) And the other one is the six. And if you look at the six, tied to the sea. Gaffleon's been riding this horse uh, the last two times out, both at Gulfstream Park uh, over the uh, the winter meet. Uh, two grade two races, uh, second and a first. Same scenario set up, just the way Tyler likes it, just off the pace or just near the pace. I actually like... Now, Tyler actually had the option here to ride either one of these yep. horses for Mike. He chose the one, which throws a lot of confidence for our, for, from my perspective that... The one's going to have a really, 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 really good shot. It does fit more to Tyler's riding style, and mm-hmm. maybe he knows the horse a little better. I love the six. Now, I know that Gerardo Corrales is coming on him. No slouch here for Gerardo as well. This is an opportunity for this kid to actually go ahead and make a, a big move uh, for Mike Maker. This horse is primed for for this race, if you ask me, at a mile and a half. He ran the mile and a half uh, two back in the grade three when Tyler was on him and wired the field. And that was against uh, Temple and, and Doswell, a couple decent horses that have come back to to run good races back after that one. So I'm going to go with the six in this one. I think the one's going to be right there. Ballsy. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the six on this one. I, I think that the six actually has the better option, again, due to the track bias that's going on. Barring any rain or moisture added to that track, I'm looking at the six and the one. It could be a a, a Mike Maker exacta. Well, I mean, in that vein, we might as well make it a Maker try. Ooh. We got a we got a shipper, <laughs> so we got the the five horse, which is Monarchs Glen. That's a Maker horse, also. And what's interesting to me about this horse, for some reason, everyone falls in love with him and claims him, and then gives him up. So he's been with Safi. Yeah. He's been with Danny. Yeah, Danny Gargan. And then before that, he was with Mott. Yeah. He's been read he's been read by rode, rode by Irad has been on him. Mm-hmm. And uh we had one more. Saez. Saez was yep. on him. Laparu was on him. Gaffleoni was on Jose him. Lescano. Um so now he's got Rosario. So I think there's 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 weird there's weird little sneaky stuff here. He hasn't been stretched out to a mile and a half, so I don't think he's going to win the race. But there there may be some interesting uh, exactas here, or excuse me, exotics with this five. I, I just don't like what Safi did to him for the two races he had him. That that's that's kind of what I'm. What do you mean? The last the last two races that Safi had him, I didn't like where he where he positioned him at. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he. I don't know. I just didn't like his last two races that that Safi was was training him. I think if you go back to Danny Gargan, he had him in a key position. 
Uh, yeah, he lost kind of his worst race was probably an allowance, 78,000, yeah. uh, three back from there. But then he comes back on, again, optional claiming open company, 62.5. Now winners of two and wins. Then he comes back on 75. They bump him up a little bit. He's third only by a length and three quarters. Gets claimed, goes over to Safi. They put him right away in a grade three and uh, never showed up. I mean, not only did he not show up, but I mean, I, I don't I don't see anything from a time perspective. He ran him from January 13th. Ran him back out on February 27th and then March 19th. So he's not running him any faster than he should or any sooner. For some reason, this horse is just out of sorts. And if he can run the race. I don't think they knew how to ride that horse. I don't think they knew what the style of the horse race was. You know, I don't know. Because each horse has a different running style. You know, some like to go to the front. Some like to sit in the middle of the back. Some will like to come dead last, you know. But I don't know if they really know. He's a stalker the, that fires after the turn yeah. and comes on the stretch because nobody's run him that race. You'll see Tyler. I mean, you'll see Tyler set all the way in like the back and the the grade three and just didn't move at all. You know, he sat eighth and then moved to nine and sat in ninth and just stayed there the whole time. And then yeah. Julian Laperu, who was a pretty a pretty aggressive rider. He moved he, him a little early. He moved him super race. early. Yeah. Went from fourth to third and then he just dropped back to fourth. He just had no no he, power behind it. What was the jockey's name? Julian Leperu. That's better. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I think the horse doesn't have an identity. There's something really intriguing to me about how the quality of the trainers that have claimed him and given him up and claimed him. And then he, so he gets, Safi gives him up, Maker gets him, and on April 10th, he runs a bullet. Yeah. Yeah, he finally gets a a good, decent work here. Five furlongs in a minute and three. Right. So there's something with this horse. So I think this may be a sneaky way to to, to backdoor on a price on some be, exotics. Beaten favorite last time out. I like that angle. And coming back off of that bullet workout, you could get some value. You're probably going to get some odds on him. Yep. The only thing that's going to pull the odds down is because you got Joel. Yeah, I think Joel will take some money. But if, if they're looking at what we're looking at, I think you might get the price still. I think so, too. You may get six to one. I th- yeah, I think... Five six to one, Five which I think would be good. Probably going to be yeah. Right where this could be the maker try. See if see if, <laughs> I don't know. see if uh, if your life partner, your lady friend, picks <laughs> picks him to show, and then I'll put him in the uh, put him in the super. I'll put him in the super. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> Let's go to the tenth. All right, tenth race is uh, six furlongs. This is a uh, optional claiming ten thousand. This is four year olds and upwards, which have started for a claiming price of five thousand or less in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one, or a claiming price of ten thousand. Horses that meet that ten thousand claiming price are the one, which is uh, Testy Kitten, <laughs> and then the other horse that's up for claim here is the Seven Celtic Mischief. And those are the only two, I believe. Yeah, those are the only two that are up for for claiming. There's a couple also eligibles in here that uh, may. It depends. I mean, it may they may make the field if there's scratches, but I'm going to go ahead and handicap this without the also eligibles. My pick here. I love these races because there's there's so much versatility. Flip a coin. It depends on the angle you want to go with. I'm staying with the track bias, and I'm going to try to focus on how I think the, the race is going to unfold, and I'm looking at speed as well. Two horses I had to choose here from. Did I want to go with a horse that I think that could maybe possibly get out and wire the field, or do I need to go with a horse that can come off the pace and stalk? Out of the two of them, I guess I'd have to lean. I'm between, just so you guys know, I'm between the uh, the – Eight, obviously, with Luis Saez, which is hard to get off him mm-hmm. as a jockey right now because he's just strictly unconscious. And the three, but I am probably going to lean to the three. I'm going to throw that race off two back, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the three on this one. Off the pace in the dirt, uh, 
I do like his 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 last race specifically with Mitchell Mural on him. Mitchell's a great jockey too. He's finally getting some good some better mounts here, more consistent. So this is a six year six year old out of son out of Curlin, and uh, I just don't see I see him being able to still break and get to the front and be able to got to do what he's got to do with the field. Hopefully, hold on. This may be the only race that could go wire to wire, and he has the ability to do it. So I'm going to go with the three. Yeah, I, I was all over the three as well. Mitchell Merle has ridden this horse the way he needed to the last two races. Uh, that the last one he actually won, he got out to the front, sat first, second, and then just pulled away. Uh, 87 speed rating out of Curlin, like you said. I'm all over for that. Luis Saez, I think this is the one race where I think you got to look at how the day is kind of going. Because if you see yeah. a jockey that maybe he's got three wins on the card, four wins on the card already to this point, he might just be on a day where he's making everything work. And that's kind of what I'm going to be leaning towards when, I, when I'm watching the racing on Saturday. But um, it's really tough for me to, to choose between Joel, who's sitting on the six, which is Finnegan, mm-hmm. and the eight, which is high five cotton, which is Louis size. It's tough for me to pick between the two. One, one little side note. If you look at the eight, he's been the favorite the last five times. And he he's, been the be- he's been the beaten favorite four yep. out of those five. So he hasn't won as a favorite since December 16th out of Tampa. He's probably going to be the favorite because Luis cheap. is on him. He's a cheap horse. Is not. He's probably going to be the favorite. I do like the stats from from Jose Delgado on him. I mean, there's nothing not to like when you're talking sprints and dirt stats and I guess favorites. I mean, comes I, off, but I I I just can't go with a horse no. that hasn't shown he can win as the favorite five times. I mean, if anything, I it, I'm almost talking myself out of the eight because I almost like the seven more than I like him. Oh, what do we have here on my screen? <laughs> oh, what do we got here? Yeah, why, don't you, why don't you tell us why we should pick the seven? Because I think you and I are on the same page here. <laughs> all right, so the seven, a, I'm shopping for a price on this. Um, you know, we're all we're all in agreement on the three. Um, when I'm looking at the seven, <clears throat> yeah, it's it's all been low stake stuff, but it's winning at the six and a half, and when it when it loses at the six and a half, it's getting beat in the final stretch almost every time. Mm-hmm. So we're shortening the track. We're going to six furlongs mm-hmm. on this. And really this, this horse may, if it gets a good break, it may set the pace. This may be to Maybe me, I see a price that could go wire out yeah. of this horse. If it breaks, right. Yeah. I saw the same thing. I'm I mean, seven. Yeah. yeah. And it's out of into mischief. Uh, I love horse, seeing that love too. That horse. Yeah, the know? horse, the horse yeah. breaks very well. The last right. two races didn't break so well, but obviously they're, they've been working them at four furlongs, and I think that's the key is trying to get him out of the gate from the seven hole position. He's going to have some some. He's, he's not going to have any, he's not going to have any speed from the outside that he has to worry about. So he Correct. should have a clear shot to be able to break if he can get out. So yeah, I, I that's think, the key. If he can break well, which I think exotics all this can do it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's wide open. It's it's one. It's literally. I looked at this race and I I had a hard time picking somebody because I think anybody can win it, you know? Yeah. I like Joel on Finnegan. I mean, he, he sat there, he won his last race at an 86 speed rating, but cheap, you know, cheap horse and all, all together. I just, right. I couldn't really talk myself into anybody. Uh, yeah. These, these are the fun races. The these are the these, fun races you can throw a dart and get yeah. some pricing here. And I think or after the day it's going to yeah. be, you may get some prices here in this last race to actually end, end the meet. The only other, only other one I want to throw out there was just the four, which is nice work. Agreed. Nice work has a, a good option to hit the board here for any of the trifecta exotics or superfecta and maybe even closer, moving up a little bit in class. Has the ability to come off the pace and just needs to run that stalking trip and just sit three, maybe four lengths off the pace and needs to stay with that ability to maybe hit that four, five path in the stretch. Didn't have a great run last time and just kind of 
kind of was off a little bit of a step. I wouldn't say the fractions were anything crazy in that race, but maybe it was the the dirt surface. I don't really know. I'm not I'm gonna kind of scratch that last race, but you go two back, those last two races prior for I know a little cheaper, 5,000, 7,500 were pretty impressive at 82 and 87 buyer ratings for the field that he was up against. But I, I think Gabriel could probably get this horse up. He's out of Midnight Lou which, and out of a Grand Slam mare, which I really do like that aspect of it. Just the class drop alone could, could help it hit the board here. So I have I I had three four seven. Yeah, that's a good right? that's a good try box. Good and if box. they if they all break and that seven comes on top, yeah, you're gonna hit some you're gonna hit some money. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that seven's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have some fun with that. Yep. All right, we're leaving Keeneland. We're going to Oakland. We're going to Oakland for the nine. Yeah, now listen, I know that where the apple blossom's going off. I'm not going to talk about the apple blossom. It's a two horse race. Apple I think if you're, blossom, Gene. I don't see any value or money in, in apple blossom. You can either get on one side or the other. It's either going to be Momoy Girl or it's going to be Swiss Skydiver. Swiss Skydiver. So you're on those two fields. If anybody else hits, it's going to be balloons. If those two falter, I just don't see it happen. I don't see any value. But we are going to talk about the ninth race, which is the race prior. And that's the mile and an eighth Oaklong grade two handicap. It's a million dollars. So it's a good, good purse here for four-year-olds and upwards. Now, key little aspect here is that it's a win today, see in May series. So the winner of the Oaklong handicap here in this race is going to receive a guaranteed spot in the starting gate for the Pimlico Special at Pimlico Race Course. In addition, the winner of the Oaklong Handicap will also have the nomination. Their start and entry fees will also be paid for the Pimlico Special. So that's kind of a nice little incentive mm-hmm. uh, to get you out, uh, you know, for uh, for Pimlico. Uh, I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let the kid go ahead and take his lead on this one. Yep, uh, I think uh, there's gonna be. I think the betting public is gonna see really three horses like I'm seeing here. Uh, the one I really landed on is actually the one Silver State. Um, it's Ricardo Santana and Steve Asmussen. And Ricardo Santana runs exclusively at Oakland. So his internal clock is set for Oakland. He knows the track. He knows where to strike. He knows how this horse rides because he's ridden it its whole entire career. It's not a cheap horse by any means. You know, he just ran a $500,000 race in the Essex. Um, and he won by a neck. He's won by a no. So, I mean, he's, these are close races, but he's coming just off the pace, just like he did in his last big race um, in the Arkansas. And, I think this is going to be where I'm going to be putting my money on on Saturday. It's the one silver uh, silver state. Good good choice with the one. I can't get off the two express train. I know he's a shipper from Santa Anita. He's coming off the the grade a grade one and a grade two in the San Pasquale. Won that race by you know three and a quarter lengths. Comes back, runs at Santa Anita handicap grade one, second by a half length. Just got caught by Idle, which is a great horse. Uh, in a mile and a quarter. So uh, my money is on the two. I think that you're going to see Juan Hernandez take this horse right in conditions of what the uh, the expectations are, sitting off the pace, blowing him out the stretch, and then stretching out and winning this one by about four or five lengths for John Sheriffs. Really love this horse a lot. I think it's just really starting to hit its stride. And um, I'm all over those buyer ratings of 104 and 102 over the last two, and I do like the April 2nd workout. Nothing really too crazy but 112 and change one twelve and two, so I'm all over the two. Out, out of Union Rags, I mean, we'll yeah, like four year olds out of Union Rags and out of Mineshaft, which is the you know out of a Mineshaft mare, uh, which I think is like also adds a little value there uh, with a uh, I'm a flake, which is kind of what I am sometimes. <laughs> I'm a flirt. Oh, I don't think I can sing our kid. Okay, is it? <laughs> no, I think you get canceled for that. All right, yeah. so I think um, <laughs> this is probably going to be the official side bet. 
because I'm on the three. That's fearless. That's a Fletcher Irad combination. Fletch. The old Pletch. Um, so right away, I, I go to Pletch and Irad. It, it just is what it is. But there's some intricacies in this horse that I really like. Um, this horse has never been ridden by anybody other than Rockstar Jocks. That's true. Yeah. Saez, Irad, Flojo, Giro, Velasquez, three straight, back okay. to Irad. Mm-hmm. So nothing but top picks. It, whenever he races, whatever, whatever Jock, they, yeah. they fight over this horse. And uh, the last the last time he ran with Irad, this this is a closer. He's got Lasix. He's got the blinkers on. Irad let him sit twenty three in the fourth four position, and then dropped the hammer. Mm. Bang! Before that, he was with Velasquez, and you know at a mile and eighth, never flashed. Yeah. yeah. So there's there, mile and they went to a mile and sixteenth, but man with with Irad on him. Um, he seems to put, be able to push the button on the, some of these closers. He's been yeah. doing. He's been racing nothing but grade two, um, and getting back to Irad. This is to me. This is the horse to beat. Oh, I'm glad he got that trip in February for the the GP mile at Culture yeah. Park. He had a big break, right? Seven month layoff. Yep. I mean, you know, Pletcher, he gets his horses where he needs to be, <laughs> and those those last two workouts. Yeah, they were strong. Two strong workouts here. Two bullets a minute and three for five furlongs, and then one hundred one and four and five furlongs back in April third. So he's got his horse where he wants to be. That was a great race that he had at the Gulfstream Park Mile Grade Two. I, I think you have something there. I think there's a lot of value in, in looking at this race. I don't know where the odds are going to be or who's going to actually pop off the favorite, but this should be an interesting race. This is probably one of the best races to probably yeah. watch. So this the super sneaky one that I think may get. It may get cheap as the four on Warriors Charge. Warriors Charge, yep. yeah. I looked at that one. So, you know, a new jockey. It's a jockey change, so I don't know if I'm nuts about it because it, it was Giroux on him. But um, Yeah. He's jumping on Owendale. Which he's got to go on Owendale. That's his mom, yep. right? That's, that's That makes sense why Flojo is, is over on Owendale I mean, right now. Warriors Charge, I mean, he's he's classy, and he's, he's ridden in some pretty big races, you know? Right. And he doesn't look like he's out of form, except for that, you know, let's say the two starts back. I mean, he ran a 92 speed rating, finished eighth. But before that was second, second, fourth, second, first, 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 first. Like, we, I mean, let's call it what it is. Something happened to happen late last year. I mean, if he's able to get the form back of where he was April, March, April of last year. Yeah, it's what you're always looking, right? You're always looking like, can a horse get back? What happened? Correct. Like, yeah. what happened? What's the change? What, what got off? Sometimes these horses just... They're all different. Some mature later. Some are. They're all different on how they how they grow up. But when you're watching them and you're looking at the the past performances, I'll tell you what. This would. I think this is a great race that you use the the chase method and actually see who looks Agreed. the best in shape, and then tweet that out. I you, think because it's kind of wide open. You know what I think is going to happen this race is I uh, I looked hard at Owendale, right mm-hmm. the six, Florent Giroux back on him. This horse is really struggling to find that first place yeah brad cox horse all right now i think if i'm going to play this out florent goes on to owendale and lets the four warriors charge he gives that or the elvin gonzalez gets that out mm-hmm. you know we've seen it where the stable mate goes out pushes a pace tries to get that pace try to screw up the race a little bit and then maybe the price horse comes in. The price horse comes in. So yeah. Owendale's not going to be a price. He's not going to be a huge price. I think he's going to be a price. But I think if I'm going to, if I'm Brad Cox 
and I want to get Owen, Owendale on the board. I want to get some some money flow into that horse. That's what I think I'm going to do. Yeah, you're going to get a price on the six. If, yeah. If you wanted to go the Cox right. angle, maybe the price is going to be on the six on Warriors charge because no six to one four. morning line four the four, oh, the four I'm sorry yeah, the four. no I four. don't think I don't six think the four morning. has enough to I don't think the four can win it I don't think it can I think the four is going to go out there push the pace try to go out to the front with who you're going to see maybe an Irad or you're going to see maybe Juan Hernandez up in the top and he's going to try to wear those horses down and change the whole dynamic of the race I think he wants Owendale to win I mean mm-hmm. Flojo is his guy that's the connection Brad Cox Florent Giroux. So I think he's going to send Elvin Gonzalez out there, try to change the pace up so that they're sprinting at the top, and then let Owendale come and hit the board. I wouldn't sleep on that seven rated R superstar either with Ramon Vasquez. I I think that this horse could be primed up as well for a, a strong close at the end. You, It's a really good race. It's really wide open. Well, especially if you go back in time, right? So I, I talked to a lot of guys at horse racing, and they're just looking at the last few. You know, the, the, the four is so interesting to me because – this that horse broke in the Preakness and was dominant at the first three calls. Yeah, and then just fell apart and hasn't been hasn't really run the I would same. Even say fell apart. I mean, two and a half lengths isn't anything off the true off the leader. So let me rephrase. He had he yeah. had some hammers that come and took the race from him, but he had this horse hasn't really run the same way since. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm curious. There's, there's something intriguing to me about that horse, but we'll see. I still like yeah. the three. I like the yeah. three to win. I think I'm gonna take the six. You're Actually, flipping? You're I think take- I'm going to flip from... I mean, the one? I, I'm, I'm between two, but I mean, the more I think about it, I, Owendale is struggling to find the fucking win column. I know you're strong on the one, but the one struggles in graded races, so grade yeah. two is yeah, but grade I mean, threes. Yeah, but more I mean, so, I mean Ricardo yeah, Santana. Handi- yeah. Yeah, I know, he's won some handicaps. He's got four in a row. It's hard to get away from a horse that's won four in a row twice out this year and won both of them. One and six. I'm stuck on both. I don't know who I'm going to pick. All right, well, I'm sticking with the West Coast shipper in Express Train you're 3. fucked. Uh, I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Juan Hernandez going ahead and doing his so thing. So, Cino, you're on the two. I'm on the three. Justy's on the one. Or the six. six uh, eight, four. He's, got the, he's got the field. I'm going to go <laughs> Joey Method and go all with all in this race. <laughs> it works out well. Well, I deserve that. I mean, we're, I'm taking shots at Justy, and I just had to do a shot of Malort that's still still on my breath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm down it's with another side on this one. Teeth. I mean, it just yeah. stays there. I'll run it back for Malort. You, you guys want to run it back? Well, you've got. Quite a bit of a bottle out yeah. there, and it's clearly and you not, guys look thirsty. So it's not. not in, it's not in jeopardy of being gone by yeah. next, next yeah. Thursday. <laughs> Draw a line on there, and you might get a little bit of evaporation, but it's going to be right at the. You same know what? You know what we should do? We should mark the bottle For on each one. on who got the bet right. Who got the bet right? Yeah, we should. Yeah. Here, this line was the justy. Yeah. This line. This line was the. Kid. You know, by Breeders' Cup, I'm going to actually like the taste of this crap. <laughs> You'll be drinking oh, it regular God. on the rocks. Uh, I'll take a Malort with Sprite, please. <laughs> yeah, I think this is side bet action all day. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's got the winning horse right now. I mean, it. it so many it's big. A, it's names. a great wide open race. I'm gonna. Yeah. T- I'm gonna tell you in reality who has the winning horse right now, and it's me because Dogecoin just hit <laughs> 27 cents. Oh my God. I don't even want to talk about it. Look at all you secret handshaking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just one secret handshaking bastard. I fucking sold all mine. That's okay. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. money. (laughs) Good stuff, guys. money. You know what? We got two weeks of torture until the day. Yeah. 
until the day we're sharpening our axes. <laughs> iron sharpens iron. We're going to work hard the next two weeks to get ready for this 20 horse field of monstrosity. Sweet goodness. I can't wait. I'm going to need, need you guys help reeling me in because if Doge keeps going, I'm going to have a whole bunch of loose cash <laughs> and all I'm going to be hunting for is crazy telephone numbers at the I, Derby. I, you may see that to this year. Baby. You, you may see that this year, the Derby too. So we'll see. I think next week we'll have a more of a, Better idea on the field. It looks like Wayburn's out. Looks like Crowded Shade is deciding maybe to go to the Preakness instead. So that's going to open up some spots for some bottom uh, of the 20, out, just outside 22, 23, getting into the Derby. We'll see where the field lies. And then we're two weeks away. And then, you know, so not the next podcast, but the next one, Ooh. we'll be doing the Strictly Kentucky Derby handicapping, discussing, going through the field. It's but, crazy, too, because historically, I said this a while ago, but like 60 points was like the cutoff four points for the like Kentucky Derby to get in and it's sitting at like 30. Right. It's going to be the cutoff. Yeah, you would you would think that 60 was it, but 30 so many horses are dropping out. Yeah, and it's cuz he has so many long shots coming from the woodwork, you know, right. like, yeah. like the other horse. It's crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, telephone numbers. <laughs> Burbonic. Oh, Burbonic, yeah. Really don't shoot ooh, things don't forget about soup and sandwich. Soup and yeah. sandwich. Soup and sandwich. Got a sandwich time, baby. That'll be good. That does it for us, guys. Nice job, as always. Good week. Another yeah. good week. Make sure you check us out on Twitter over the weekend. We're going to be betting. I'm done moving, so I'll be able to watch horses all day on Saturday. So I'm hoping to get back on that winning that winning cycle. Don't don't uh, don't go away from me too far. I know last week was really sucked. I gave you twenty dollars exactas and eight dollars tries, but we're going to try to get back on the money and get with the uh, making picks and cash and ticks this week. Yep. When in doubt, box it out. You have to. And if the track is, if your the track, track is whack. whack. If the bets no, are whack, it, change your track. Is that yeah. Get your money back. That's it. That's what it was. Thanks for tuning in. Hit us on the socials. Hit us on Twitter. From all of us here, you guys have a good weekend. All right, you, you too. guys have a good too. weekend. All right, enjoy that Saturday car. Watch for that fucking weather too. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> His mother wasn't mother. We're out of here. See you. See you.